Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to tell podcast we are back for the fifth episode and we have a guest this time i'm dexter henry brian fonseca over there in the middle our first woman to ever join the ain't hard to tell podcast her name is princess streeter she's the host of the w podcast production assistant at espn dc radio doing her thing she's been a fan of backpack broadcasting for a while uh this is actually our first time meeting her well you your second second time my first time uh she's been following stuff i did in backpack broadcasting for a while so i appreciate your support sister you've always been uh supporting us but now you're here yes i am and i'm very glad to be here it's a funny thing when i first met brian i actually had to reach out to him because i was in new york of course yes which just shows y'all don't ever come to dc to see me but that's cool oh (laughs) man (laughs) damn she just put us on blast like that (laughs) no but i was in uh new york and i was actually at the connecticut sun and new york liberty game and so me i had never been to madison square garden barely ever been to new york I'm like, just it's so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm at Madison Square Garden. Oh my God, I'm just here on Media Row. So I'm just looking, I'm like, okay, so who's at the media table? And I'm like, I see a familiar name. I see Brian Fonseca. And I think it was um, for the Brooklyn, what do you write for? It was, yeah, Brooklyn, uh, BQE Media. Right, so I'm sitting here, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. Nobody's ever Instagram. gonna be excited to see him that again Aww. like that, ever, nobody. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a familiar face. I just like, rolled I just my eyes. Instagram, and then he never showed up, so. Damn. And she she reached out to me. I did. And she was like, yo, I thought you were going to be at the game. And I was like, oh, nah. But are you going to be at Big 3 on Sunday? Yeah. And then connected there. So and, it all it yeah. all worked out. And you, yeah. still were, you still were able to see. So yeah. for the people that don't know, as I said, you are the host of W Podcast, which is a podcast that focuses on the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, yourself and your co-host, who I actually have never met uh, mm-hmm. either, but we have also been connected through other people. Um how that come about? How's that going with the W podcast? Obviously, podcasting is the thing that we like. We're right. here, we're doing it. Um, how is that in talking about the WNBA, which maybe doesn't get the respect that it deserves? It's one of the major sports in this country. Yeah, I love women's basketball. And so when I met um, Lo, her name is Laureen Irat. Goes by Lo. That's her stage name, as I love to call it. Shout out to um, Lo. <laughs> yes, I mean the sweetest girl ever. She's of course a New York native as well. Um, and we make it work. Like we don't have a full setup like y'all. That's why I was telling Brian. I was like, Yo, y'all set up is like amazing because for us we do it basically like through Skype like I'm in DC she's in New York wow. so um, just kind of putting that together trying to make it sound like we're in the same room we don't we didn't want it to sound telephonic so we had to like get a lot of equipment audio board and all that fun stuff but yeah the whole process of how it began is we just met um, and we instantly started talking women's basketball she has a very popular website that covers the WBA um, beyond the W right beyond the yeah. W.com mm-hmm. yes shout out to that it has so many great things playing yes. in their future so I'm so proud of her for that and I was like when I met her I was like beyond the W is a great outlet at the time I was living in North Carolina which is where I'm from and she was like wait like they know about beyond the W in North Carolina I'm like girl anything women's <laughs> basketball I'm on top of it so when I finally got to meet her we just began like cultivating all these ideas and I was like it would be great to just have a podcast that's all exclusive women's basketball um, and of course we kicked off with the WBA season this year we started at the very beginning with the draft, mm. um, which was a very loaded and talented draft class um, up until now. You know, we're going to have one of our reflective kind of shows of the season, just mm-hmm. to, you know, highlight and celebrate everything that's been going on through the year. But like you, um, like you asked, I think it's very important just to have um, a platform and a place where women's basketball fans can come to because they're out there. I think the really important thing that we focus on is just reaching them. A lot of them um, is, is within our demographic. Like, and mm. you think about buying power. And I mean, I think what a lot of the WBA caters to is children. So, you know, like some of the biggest games is like Camp Day or things oh, like that. Yeah, yeah a lot like, of kids out there. They don't have the buying power. They don't, you know, they're not aware of like schedules and things like that. So we're like, let's reach out to the millennials who watch women's basketball, mm. the young adults, black 
white, um, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Latina, you know, um, Asian, male, uh, female in that regard. I think I can use that respect. But <laughs> in that regard, um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, just across the board, we're just trying to reach out to people in our age group, and I think we've done a pretty successful job at that. We've had, we've only had one guest. I don't know what's taking us so long. We love to hear ourselves talk, I guess. But yeah, we only you, had one you, guest. You had, you had Roz Gold, Anunwa uh, from uh, Silent Reporter from the Warriors. He does a great job and it's for yeah. TNT. Now, yep, now she's working for, I think, NBA TV and TNT yep. and Turner, so that's amazing for her. And she was like one of our high profile guests. And of course, we had, um, you know, so many good hits just from that interview alone. And then we have so many great, you know, um, WNBA players and personnel. And even, we're even going to try to reach down to women's college basketball and coaches and, and players um, just to reach out to and talk to. So, yes, everybody, if y'all are listening, y'all love women's basketball or just basketball fans in general. Y'all love to see just good basketball because it is really good basketball. Yeah, as a basketball fan, I've always said the mm -hmm. WNBA is good basketball. I just love good basketball. I'm a basketball junkie, so yeah. I'll watch anything. I know that doesn't always translate with men <laughs> uh, the same way where they're like, man, I'm not watching the WNBA. They can't dunk. They can't do this. Um, all of which I think is ridiculous. But I think the thing you said, Princess, I'm going to let Brian get to you, is that you know the audience you're trying to reach. You're mm -hmm. reaching them, and you're, you're doing a great job, the two of you, um, and also inspiring young women who are looking at people to do things in sports journalism and talk. So mm -hmm. I commend you for that. Yeah, keep oh, doing, keep okay, doing what you're doing, you. sister. Keep doing there what you're you doing. Go. Brian, go ahead. There give you me my go. props. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to get your thoughts on, speaking of good basketball, we saw game five last night. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we're recording this Thursday, but yeah. Last night, WNBA Finals. What do you think about like everything that went on? Because not even just on the court, like we know it was a great game and everything, and it was second time in a row where L.A. played Minnesota, and it was crazy. We had almost a full-blown comeback at the end, but Minnesota ended up hanging Man. on. And a lot of people were showing love, and I feel like this is something that's been going on, like, with the help of social media, with the WNBA. Like, it's growing through, like, Twitter and Facebook. I don't know what does that mean for the league necessarily in terms of, like, money or whatever, but I feel like it's really doing well on social media. So what are your thoughts on it from that and how good that is to see that come around, even though it's a championship? But, yeah. Yeah, that goes back to that demographic. Who's talking about, who's watching it, who's talking about it, and who can help generate that buzz around the WNBA. My only wish is that, you know, we would talk more about the WNBA during All-Star Weekend, the draft, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. high-profile games during the regular season more so than just the playoffs. Or like you mentioned, one of the greatest, you know, rivalries that they've had in the league between the Minnesota Lynx and Los Angeles Sparks, which is deservingly getting the attention that it does. And I think part of that is because it's broadcast on ABC, ESPN, mm -hmm. while a lot of regular season games are, you know, broadcast on uh, smaller networks like, you know, for Liberty, Madison Square Garden Network. You know, people like from my hometown in North Carolina can't see that. We can't access that. So I think, um, you know, just a lot of availability, accessibility, which is, you know, not um, my job to do. That's not... I would be getting paid higher if I was solving those problems. But no, I'm just saying, like, it's just exactly how it's growing and progressing. And I'm just like, for me and Lowe's position as host of the W Podcast is just to take advantage of that and just be like, look, this is the league and the avenue that we love. We love women's basketball. We love women performing at a very high level. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it, it allows you to reach back. When you think about the young girls who, you know, have these examples growing up, like, for me, if I ever meet Lisa Leslie, I'm going to cry. Like, I mean, I'm going, I, I can imagine it because I feel it coming, like, just like in the way that I'm putting myself out there and I've been meeting so many WBA legends. I'm like, when I lock eyes with Lisa Leslie, I'm going to have an emotional rush just because when I was seven, eight years old and I saw her dunk for the first time in a game. I remember that, you know, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, I've seen it with men because I have two older brothers, my yeah. dad, my grandfather all taught me about basketball. But when you see a woman doing it, a woman that looks like you, a woman who created a brand, developed the league, spearheaded it. It's like it's a different experience. Do, so. do I, it's a good thing you bring up with Lisa Leslie. Do mm -hmm. people forget how much of an impact she not only had on the WNBA, but when you look at women's sports as a whole and mm -hmm. what she did for the WNBA as a woman that created her brand, uh, could dunk, super athletic, very beautiful. 
all those things together and she used that. Do people forget about how great Lisa Leslie was? I think so. And I think even with Rebecca Lobo and Cheryl Swoops, those were the first three, yeah. you know, they, um, those were the first three players to create the WNBA. And then you have Tina Thompson, who was the first player drafted to the WNBA, yep. who was for years the WNBA's all-time leading scorer before Diana Taurasi came along to stamp that record most recently. So you think about the pioneers, even before that, the Nancy Liebermans, the Cheryl Millers, before the WNBA was even crafted and thought of, just, you know, in that, um, I think, American Basketball League circuit, you circuit, know, yeah. just creating that. It's like you got to remember what they've done for the brand and how even when there was no hardly anyone watching, especially with, you know, we talk about Lance, Nancy Lieberman and Cheryl Miller and who, there were hardly people watching, paying attention. There was no major broadcast or ESPN. They were doing it for the love of the game yeah. and just that wisdom to look down the line and be like, let's just – Let's just set the tone for what this can be. This can be a billion-dollar entity. This can be a reflection of women at the highest level in sports um, to inspire the next generation. And you really have to commend those women who, despite, you know, Lisa was a celebrity in her own right, but even, mm -hmm. you know, despite all that coming in, she still did it for the love of the game and for the love of young girls. I want to know this from both of you, actually. So in comparison to, I guess, so the league hasn't been around that long, it's been 20 years. Mm -hmm. But comparison specifically to the last five, 10 years, do you feel like the, the perception has changed of the for, league? Like for the better, for worse, or whatever the case may be? Because I, again, I talked about earlier how I feel like fans mm -hmm. are at least showing it more recognition. But, and for those of you that don't know, I did cover the New York Liberty this year for, you know, BQE Media. And what I noticed when I went to games, there weren't a lot of reporters there. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were there, it wasn't necessarily, you know, big outlets that were there, you know. I got in there. Right. And there were, like, people from, yeah, sure, ESPNW, but there were a lot of, like, blogs and things of that nature. So I feel like in one, on one hand, yes, it has improved, like, the perception, the image, or whatever. But on another hand, like, the coverage isn't necessarily there. Right. Or at least from, like, this level. You're mostly getting it from people who are trying to make their entryway into something better. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a stepping stone type of thing. I'm not, I'll let Princess, Princess talk about it from her perspective. But I think as a, as a man, I don't believe the perception has changed that much among men. Mm -hmm. I think men still have a lot of negative views towards the WNBA and the game and stereotypes surrounding that that hasn't allowed their mind to expand to the game. Um, so, that, you know, as I said before, there's still a lot of uh, people who are like, yo, I'm not, I'm not watching women's basketball. They don't think it's good basketball. I think people who really know basketball, who really love the sport, uh, men and women, those people are watching the games because they know. You look at Col Kobe's a huge fan of the game. You see Magic Johnson. They know it's, it's high level. These are the best women in the world. And yeah. so why would I have not? You, have you seen Maya Moore's Wikipedia? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen yeah. all these accolades that she has? She's, and she's one of the best American athletes right now and, and that doesn't get talked about. But that's, that's another issue that always happens with women kind of getting pushed to the back burner there. So I think yeah. women are supporting uh, the sport, you look at that, you see it from the games. Mm -hmm. um, you see a, a huge presence from the LGBTQ community um, at the games. They've been uh, heavily supporting. Um, but I still think a lot has to go far with men supporting. So I think when men really support it, it's going to help it a lot. Um, and is that I, a win or is that an if? I say when, because I, 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 I'm going to believe in the positive and change. I think there are people like right. there are people like <laughs> myself who are saying, "Hey, I'm watching this." I have, my daughter was, you know, on my lap while I'm watching the game five right. the other night. I'm she's, having her, so I'm trying to make her see that. Just because I love basketball, and she needs to see positive images of women excelling athletically at the highest level. So I'm always for that. But I think as as more men open their mind and change their thinking towards things, which we will touch on later, mm. Um, mm. that. I think can happen. But Princess, you tell me what you think the perception is, uh, as Brian asked, you know, in the NBA, is it changing? Do you think it's actually progressing? Well, you made a good point when you brought up your daughter, having her in your lap to watch that, because um, I feel like that's when a lot of guys' mind change, minds change. When they have a daughter and when they're, ba when they're passionate about basketball, they have a daughter, then they, rec then they recognize, okay, let's give her a positive role model to look at. You know, let's have her, let, let, me, let me show her that her highest dreams of being a basketball player are attainable. So now right. let me turn on the WNBA. 
Um, and so I think with a lot of guys, like he also mentioned on social media, when the Elena Deladon and Lonzo Ball rift happened, um, basically like a Twitter battle, a lot of it was go back to the kitchen, you know, I hope, how are you going to wish, yeah. you know, bad on a kid a lot of people nobody also, watches your game, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are also just doing that to be funny. It's trolls, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of trolling and stuff, too. But Not that that's with, right, either. Right. Yeah. No, like, absolutely you know. not right. Yeah, <laughs> even with, uh, with men, I... I don't know. I'm not a man to know if the perception's changing, but at the same time, it's like I, I'm going to go with the positive and say hopefully it's a win more than an if in the near future that guys, even before they have daughters, recognize that this is the highest level, this is the greatest, these are the greatest, you know, women playing basketball in the world. When you, you look at Maya Moore's resume, and then let's go to the Olympics. Every mm. single, they have not lost a game in. Crazy. Like six Olympics, they have not lost a game, and the men this past year were struggling, losing to Argentina, like yeah. little crazy teams and stuff like that. But we still tune in, like you still for the stardom and the and the and the you know fanfare of seeing all these superstars together. But when you look at the the talent, like the raw talent, they were beating people. They were breaking their own. Diana Diana Taurasi broke the record for the most threes in one game, the next game, she broke that. She broke that record that had yeah. never been accomplished since like 30 years prior. She did that the next game. Something something crazy like that. And it's like, when you really look at the talent and exactly how hard these women work, what all they achieve, and how they just dominate over anyone else in the entire world, you really just gotta think about it. Like. I don't, I don't think. They, I don't think. They, yeah, I don't think they get enough credit for their domination. Or money. More money. That too. Well, that too. You know, and that's, 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 that's a whole nother issue. There, just <laughs> mm-hmm. the disparities for what they do is so great. Real quick, before we go to break, and obviously we're talking a lot of WNBA, but NBA preseason is coming up. Really quick, what are you excited about with this NBA season coming up? Oh my gosh, it's so different. The rosters are completely different from last year, and so I'm just excited to see. How everyone's gonna gel? I mean, you got OKC, you got their big three mm-hmm. going on. You got everything, everybody who's coming in and out of Cleveland. Derrick Rose is there now. Dwayne Wade is there now. Boston, Kyrie Irving's trying to stand on his own, but Gordon Hayward is trying to get his respect and kind of take over as, as his own team. <laughs> yeah. Who else is looking all kinds of different? Um, everybody, the East looks worse than Brooklyn. Worse than it's ever been. <laughs> Um, Denver, they had a really good, they beat the uh, Warriors in preseason. Paul Millsap was the greatest player on the floor. I mean, it was just like. Preseason. Yeah, preseason. But, yeah. I mean, it's still, like, <laughs> exciting. I'm like, okay, you know, Houston. I mean, you got Houston. You're trying to see who's going to come. It's basically, like, who's going to come second behind the Warriors. Do you have but, a finals prediction? Finals it's prediction. It's way so too early. Especially with all this is going on. I know it's too early. It's February is too early to make that prediction, too. Well, but yeah, I mean, we can go ahead if you want to. I think I'm going <laughs> to do my conference finals prediction. All right, let's hear it. Golden State. That was a hard one. <laughs> I just thought I'd Nobody saw <laughs> Right. Nobody saw I just thought I'd heck out of him. Golden State and OKC. I'd like to see. I'd sign for that right now. Golden State and OKC. I was going to say Houston, but until Carmelo nah, got I want to see OKC. Right. Um, Golden State and OKC, Boston and Cleveland. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. With, okay. I'm wait. Wait. No. We're not done. Then from there, what uh, happens? No. That's the. That's my final. That's the Come final. Come on. Thing. She said she's not <laughs> <going to laughs> want me to get the plus minus. How many games? Like, you too okay. Much? Okay. I didn't MVP. say that. Right. He I was, too much. No. But here's the thing. If you can get to the conference finals, you can. You can go a step no, further and get to the finals. I don't want to. Why are you stressing me? You know what? You know what? Let's go to break. So we're gonna go to break. When we come back, we're gonna talk to Princess about somebody who. A major fail in the NFL, Mr. Cam Newton, uh, disrespecting women. We we don't stand for that here on Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about that and what's going with that. Stay tuned on Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via T Public. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting T Public online store to get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and phone cases. Represent your favorite backpack broadcasting shows, including the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today. 
What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers, and I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to Ain't Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code AHTTPOD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who has the best car app service. So use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. All right, welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here with Princess Streeter of the W Podcast and ESPN production assistant for DC and the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, Princess, I know your week has been good. My week has been good, but it has not been a great week for Cam Newton, uh, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers from your, are you a Carolina Panthers fan? You're from North Carolina. Are you a Carolina Panthers fan? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't like, watch the NFL, to that. be honest. And I actually have not had a great week, and I'll tell you why. I got a great welcome to New York. Uh-oh. I got a great welcome to New York um, by having my car impounded. I've only been here for five hours, and I came out of a meeting yesterday, and I walked down, and there was this big old white, like, paper across my windshield, and I'm like... Jesus, what is this? And NYPD was in a truck on the passenger side of my car, like blocking me from getting out. Apparently I had gotten the ticket at 4.17 p.m. and they give you two hours before they tow your car. I walked outside at 6.13, like they were on the way. I have four minutes to get all my ducks in a row. So I couldn't do it, so I just had to wait it out. And at like one o'clock this morning, I finally got my car free. And it is now in a parking deck, safe and sound. Safe and sound, all, yeah. all because you just didn't see the signage of it. Did you, it what, what was the situation not being a commercial? Okay, it's wow. something like commercial. But the thing is, is that the there signs was a, in New York are crazy. Though. But the thing is that there was a parking period. meter to the side, right beside my car. There was a parking meter, so I'm like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm, I got the meter running. Like I'm fine. And then I come out to a boot. Yeah embarrassment people are just some which are new yorkers y'all are so no, annoying there are people, to this. There no i'm not people, no i'm not objecting to that when you oh. i've got my car booted before when you get your car booted there's a crowd people like they put this they put the, the thing on your car and people have to look like they don't know what the sticker is they're looking by like what happened to the car are we going to do here's my annoyance and i'm a <laughs> born and raised new yorker why are you looking at me if you're not going to help me exactly are you going to help me you benefit you at all you? it was a crowd of like six or seven people watching us like dispute with the NYPD. You know, I'm trying to do my little southern smooth talking, like, hey, if I slide you a, a hundred real quick, can we just nah, make all this go work. away? And he's looking like, nah, it's already been processed, boo. They coming. So <laughs> it was like, um, and it was like, I'm just trying to talk to NYPD, trying to figure out exactly what's happening, where I gotta go next. There is a crowd of people watching me, and I'm and just you know like, what they're saying? They're like this, like, yo, yo, yo. yo. Or, or just making the faces like, I can't, well, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine because I don't drive yet, but that has happened to me multiple times in Grand Theft Auto. Yo, you did not just link that to Grand Theft Auto. You did not bring it back. All right, so Princess is weak. This is money. Princess Princess got her car back. I got it back. She did not lose her car. However, Cameron Newton, quarterback of the Panthers, he lost an endorsement, and that was with Dannon. See how we tied it all back in? I like how you did that. Yeah, yeah, we tied it all back in. Now, for those of you who might not be in the know or don't know what happened, uh, Cam Newton was at a press conference on Wednesday in which a reporter from uh, Jordan Rodrigue from, uh, I forget what outlet she's from, but she was at the press conference which Cam Newton was talking Might about. Might Charlotte Observer. I think it was the Charlotte yeah, Observer, actually, Observer. to be exact. And she asked Mr. Newton a question about the physicality of route running by his receivers. However, uh, Cam started laughing when she asked the question and said, quote, I think it's funny to hear a female talk about roots. It's funny. And then he made a couple of faces which were condescending. That's the key. And the faces. And the faces. And And actual laughter. And actual laughter. Now, before I get into it and 
Brian talks about it. Princess, you are a woman uh, journalist in the sports journalism field. Uh, I'm pretty sure you would not like to be referred to as a female. And for those of you out there who's thinking, what's the big deal yeah. with that? You were lost, but it's not on me to say that. I'm gonna let Princess tell y'all the reaction to that. Yeah, um, so we can just talk about terminology and just the impact that it has on, just the respect factor. I mean, yeah. and you know, when you, like you, you realize how surprised I was when you shared my sentiments and why women don't like being called females because it really just, it really just minimizes us to, like you said, a species. Like there's no difference between a female human versus a female squirrel, a female dog on the street. Like I am a woman, I have humanity, I have thoughts, I have, I think it's what separates like humans and animals is like we have thoughts to process like what we do past like survival. Like we're thinking about, let me go get groceries and stuff like that. All they're thinking is like, let me eat. So I'm like, I process, like I live life. I think like, I need you to respect my humanity, my womanhood. And I feel like, I feel like a piece of that is what's missing, you know? And when guys are like, yeah, those females will over there, those female sports reporters who, I, like you're sitting in, I've been in the press box all day, I'm mm -hmm. here at your press conference, they they open the floor for questions, and you think I'm not gonna ask you about routes, you and Kelvin Benjamin, like you know what I'm saying, like running routes, and I'm just like, it's, you, we still got a long way, we've still got a long way to go when it comes to the respect of women on so, in so many industries. It, it's not just sports, it's the tech yep. industry, it's business, it's finance, where just women are here, you know, there's a platform with sports because all eyes are on Cam Newton, you know, he's being recorded saying this, but it's just like in so many avenues of day-to-day -day life and how we women operate and step into, you know, different roles, especially male-dominated fields, like we're still fighting for or just respect. Yeah, it, respect. It, and, I, and I'll let Brian touch on this, but I just think it's because men have done a horrible job of respecting women, period. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you see that, and that's so ingrained and passed down into men of younger generations, and we're not holding them accountable. In terms of holding people accountable, I think what bothers me is, one, I don't see what was funny about the question that the woman asked. I still don't yeah, understand what, I still don't understand what Cam Newton found funny. And Cam Newton, who, as a player, I really liked, he has been going on a downward hill slope since he won the MVP and there's a lot of things I could get into is why as far as that but it's disappointing what was disappointing to me Princess and Brian was that not one man and you know obviously sports journalism is a male-dominated mm -hmm. industry not one man in that press conference another journalist followed up with a question to Cam Newton and been like yo what's so funny about what she asked because we don't see what's funny but I get it everybody wants to hide behind this sexism let's call it what it is it's mm -hmm. a sexist statement and nobody wants to lose their jobs, lose their position of being able to access and cover the Carolina Panthers. But I think it's a bad job when not one male reporter, okay, not one man stepped up and said that at all whatsoever. And I think when we don't step up uh, for our women, we don't show the respect for our women, these is why, these, this is why we have comments like that. Yeah, I mean, and another element of this too was like, of all people it could have been, like, why Cam Newton? because I knew that he was gonna get it, like, for obvious reasons. He was gonna get it worse than just about anybody else on that mm -hmm. front. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think the reporters may have just been shell-shocked in combination with wanting to protect, you know, their access to Panthers practice. But I'm more so surprised, like, why are we not past that yet? Because I, I saw the headline and I saw what he actually said. Because I didn't believe it, or not that I didn't believe it, but I didn't, I didn't process it, and then I saw it, Cam Newton, how he reacted. The faces is what got me, and then I was just like, really, we're still doing this? It was more so like that. However, uh, not to kind of like poo-poo that, but there's also another element to this we learned about today just a few hours ago. So, Dexter, if you want to introduce that. Yeah, I'll introduce that. So the journalist Jordan Rodrigue, uh, now, as you know, everybody does their digging, and everybody's looking for receipts, right, on Twitter. So everybody's looking, Princess, yep. and they 
they've dug up the, the fact that she had some racist tweets uh, from a couple years ago in which she laughed at her father making racist jokes on a trip and also used the n-word a couple of yeah, times now exactly like what i see being problematic here is i saw some people on twitter saying oh well this woman's not a good person because she had some racist tweets and sort of kind of justifying what cam newton says and what i would say is to ask princesses, what is your reaction to that, those people who are trying to justify what Cam Newton did because of this woman's previous racist tweets? It's completely unjustifiable. Like, it's it's two separate things. Um, when you come, when you think about Cam Newton and the position that he holds as a public figure and as an athlete and as, you know, someone that people follow, um, I don't really pass out the role model, you know, term that often nowadays. Right. Some of these guys are a little crazy. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely unjustifiable. What Cam Newton said in the manner that he said it was just, it was really disgusting. It's like, bro, this is not the 1950s where you're surprised, you shouldn't be surprised to see a woman in the locker room. You shouldn't be surprised to see a um, woman, you know, being play by play you shouldn't be surprised to see a woman headlining sports center you know doing more than just um managing two talking heads and opinion you know that's a lot of the ways that the sports shows have kind of gone in that format with yeah. two men and a woman's in between like well let me just introduce the ne next topic how about you have a woman that has the opinion on that side you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't be surprised. first take they had josina anderson yes so. and josina i mean I, josina first of all is a unc Tar Heel. she is um like myself and so of course she gets all my respect for that but just the way that she's so involved with the nfl and the how eloquent she is and you know i'm just that should not be a surprise to have someone who's that informed and mm -hmm. Josina is heavy in the NFL world. Oh, like heavy. men respect her so much. So even for her and all the knowledge that she has, all the connections that she's built, there should be no surprise there. Even if it's someone who's just starting out their first day covering the Carolina Panthers mm -hmm. or the Atlanta Falcons or whatever, still should be no surprise. It's it's just Cam just uh, he he's a he just got a lot of growing up to do still. And I mean being in the public, you know, you your rookie contract is up, you got this big old whopping you, he's grown. He's almost thirty. You got he's, this big old whopping contract. It's like Cam, we thought you would learn by now. But it's it's my problem with this is obviously like both wrong, but that's my thing here is that they're both wrong and people just don't want to accept that. Oh yeah, yeah. Going back to Jordan, I forgot about the, the racist tweet. Yeah, she wrong for that. I don't care if it was five, ten, twelve years ago. I mean, right. you dropping the N word and you're not an African American and you're using it in a, in a derogatory context. And she didn't delete it. Wrong. And she, she didn't, didn't delete it. it. Like I mean, now, and now it's way too late. But it's yeah. just like she probably has. But yeah, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't absolve. And I don't yeah. think any of us are saying that that doesn't absolve no, Cam Newton of sexism. Of, both yeah. of them are, are wrong. wrong. He's yes. wrong for sexism. Being sexism and she's wrong, wrong for, for racism. racism. Absolutely. And it can be that. My issue is that people just want to take sides. Yeah. Just for the sake of taking sides. This is where I just get off. And that's that's like corny. Lives. If you and that. I'm gonna call people out. If you're if you're black and even if you are a Cam Newton fan and you know that he messed up. You can't. You know that women are an oppressed group. You can't support sexism mm -hmm. and justify it, and then be like, "Oh man, I'm against racism." As an oppressed group of people, as black people, you can't put down women. You can't put down other groups that are oppressed, and then expect people to be cool with that. That's mm -hmm. not cool. Now, one of the things I think you brought a princess that's very interesting. You talked about, "Hey, this is in the 50s. You shouldn't be surprised to see." a woman broadcasting. You shouldn't be surprised to see a woman sitting here and talking with two guys, actually giving opinions and not being a moderator, which mm -hmm. you're right, we see too much of on TV. You've been in locker rooms, you've been in the in, in the space, you've been around uh, sports for a while, and sometimes you hear crazy things and you get crazy questions as a woman journalist, and we were talking about this before we came on. What are some of the things you've heard, experienced, and do you feel like we're progressing in that manner? Like, are men actually being more accepting of women being around sports journalism? I think it kind of depends on if you're cute or not, seriously, mm. for men, um, mm. because they're always going to give you a side eye. And it, all, it also depends on what role you're in. If you're in that very opinionated role, they're going to be like, well, she doesn't really know her stuff. She's just a talking head. She's just throwing her opinion out there. She could have looked up the stats five minutes beforehand. I've heard someone say that. Damn. Talking about Jamel Hill on the six. Her and Michael got into like a like a, like a debate about, I forgot what it was. but mm -hmm. So I was just like, all right. Um, <laughs> then it also depends on if you're cute or not. Like, you know, uh, it just does. A lot of this is very, you know, 
very appearance-based, um, but just me, myself, and my own experience. When I was in college, um, I was covering a UNC and Duke game, a men's basketball game. And so the, you know, placement in the, a lot of arenas, if it's full on, you know, press row, they'll move you up a little bit higher. Um, kind of out the way, you still see the game still in the atmosphere. No big deal. So I moved up higher, um, and there was a former NBA player there um, from the, what, 80s, 90s, I would say? Early 80s, yeah. Um, and so I was like, wow, you know, it's such a pleasure to meet you. You're a legend in this, you know, in this game and just everything that you know, and this is what I'm trying to do, this and the third. I'm like 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, yeah, so did you know that about me? You know, I was, you know, saying things that I hadn't known about him. He's like, yeah, did you know that about me before you watched the documentary? It was a very popular documentary that came out about him probably like six months prior. And I was like, yeah, I did actually. And I told him another nugget about himself, which he thought was a little bit more- You were surprised? Yeah, he was more surprised. He thought that was, a, and I think the way I said it was very matter of fact, like, bro, don't try to play me. Yeah. And so I think with that, he was more like, okay, all right, cool. Like you passed my test, you passed my my trivia. You know what I'm saying? You, and I think- Do you think that same test or that same attitude is given towards a man who's also in sports journalism at the same age as you do you feel like he's getting that same directive question absolutely not I don't think I don't think ageism was a factor there I think it was more so just sexism like for women they think that I think a lot of them think we're in the locker rooms just to look at the guys they think we're on TV just to be TV personalities like they don't really you know get the concept of women being women sitting down being able to dissect football even going past broadcasting let's talk about coaching Mm. let's talk about ownership let's talk about you know being general managers and making the decisions and having hands in the processes of a billion dollar NFL team people still don't People still think that's very odd. Like you think about Jen Welter, who was coaching for the Arizona Cardinals, yes. Becky Hammond, who's you know being an assistant to the Spurs. She won the um, they won the summer league two years ago yep. with her as the head, head coach. coach. Yeah, and I'm just like, with all the success that we still make, people are still just very skeptical of women being in those roles when it comes to sports. I forgot the show, but I saw like in response to the Cam Newton thing, they had a like a football show, mm-hmm. and it was all women like hosting, producing, mm-hmm. and things like that. So I love that. That was pretty cool too. Like, I love to that ESPN has the trifecta, which had yep. um, um oh, yeah. yeah, they had them up there before what's her name left, and it was just like that was a big piece. I mean, it was three three Caucasian women. You know, you still got some. You still can add some mixing up some diversity in there, but it's still women talking about sports, interviewing men. You know, hosting like a, a segment right here to just have mm-hmm. the dialogue about the sport or whatever mm-hmm. the topic is, and I think that's so important. You know, just to show that we are leading in in that right speaking of getting back to cam newton real quick do we care about dannon ending their sponsorship with him uh after in the aftermath of this because i just saw that shannon sharp had a theory that cam newton he says that they wanted out after he did the touchdown and then put his fists in the air as opposed to like in response to the sexist comments I mean, that could be true, but we'll, never we're know. never probably going to know the story in that. The bottom line is, Dannon has a right to not want to align themselves with any kind of sexist comments. I don't, I personally don't blame him. I mean, and maybe I'm kind of glad, maybe this will be a wake-up for Cam to be like, there are consequences for saying these things, and maybe you need to learn. I think where Cam failed, and Princess, you can let me know if you agree, is I don't think he got out in front of this. He wasn't apologetic. Mm-hmm. The reporter claims that she spoke to him and he didn't apologize. He should have put out a statement, not the Carolina Panthers. He should have came out. said anything? I haven't heard him say anything. I don't, I don't think, so. think to this point we've heard anything. Maybe that happens by the time this is released, but we haven't heard anything, and I think yeah. that's very telling, right? You're not willing to come and meet uh, a woman journalist and really level with her and understand, even if you don't understand, yeah. like he might not fully understand why he should not use the word female when it comes to describing women, but somebody needs to educate him on that soon. And as y'all said it before, he's just, he's too grown now. All right? He's he is too grown. grown. And like you, you mentioned this earlier, it's very important for men to tell other men that yeah. that's not acceptable because yep. we have been telling them for years that we're not comfortable. I've told every man I've come across, it's like, yo, y'all female uh, stop right there y'all especially not the b word like yeah that's just the conversation is completely over at that point but it was like y'all fem- all y'all females do or females like that yeah stuff like that. i'm like mm, pause like i i'm gonna tell you why i don't like it but for some reason it doesn't really resonate unless another man is like look let's talk about this for a second a woman just told you she was uncomfortable about this i'm sure this isn't your first time hearing it 
and the going by example and I feel like in a lot of times in conversation between guys like a lot of things you might say especially with women I mean conversation in general you get really comfortable you don't really think about everything that you're saying you can just true, it right. just can kind of roll off the tongue and right. so it's more like just being conscious of that and thinking like okay so what I'm saying now to my homeboy and our private talks is really going to affect him when he goes out in public and speaks a certain type of way it also yeah. doesn't help that a lot of us are stupid <laughs> Look, this, well, I'm not going to put myself there because I consider myself pretty smart. There's a lot of stupid people. One thing before right. we go to break that I want to ask you because you touched upon uh, opportunities for women beside just in broadcasting. You talked about coaching and management and mm. things of that nature. And I think for things to change in anything in diversity, there has to be people in positions of power that can actually say, hey, we need to put women here. We need more Latinos here yeah. in journalism. We need more black people in journalism, more Asian people here, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, I was listening to uh Radio show, uh, I believe I was Mike Francesa. Actually, I was listening to him earlier summer, and I heard Why? this. I heard this. The Pope, he's called the Pope here, but he not by me said that there never would be. Somebody called and said, "Hey, do you ever think there will be a woman to coach in the NBA?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, no, are you crazy? It'll never happen." And you brought up Becky Hammond, uh, who. Is you know coach the summer league team is assistant on the Spurs very highly regarded in the NBA. I think definitely could coach. I say, my Francesca is, is tripping for that kind of reaction. What do you say to that? And do you think we could see a woman coach? I think the NBA be first because they're just the most progressive league. But do, could you see a woman coaching in the WNBA in the near future? I honestly think that when Greg Popovich retires in the next, I'll say about five or six more years that he has. He is, if he has any say in the matter, he's going mm. to point directly to Becky Hammond. When we, Greg Popovich has been woke. I mean, <laughs> everything you ask about Greg Popovich, he is, he is one to, even just recently, he was one to, you know, criticize whiteness and the power that, yeah. you know, that, you know, white you men have. Right. You And you need that from white men, mm -hmm. the power that white men have. And he just addressed the, um, What's it called? Dress the. Um, he addressed the issue of white supremacy and. Supremacy and privilege. Privilege, that's the word. yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he addressed his own privilege, and I think that's so important. And you just him being an older man, you don't see that that often. A lot of older men are stuck in their ways. The way they were raised is the way that they're going to stay. You know, things like that. He's one that's a progressive thinker. I think going beyond the league, just him himself and the power that he has, the resume that he has, the you know the team that he's built over time. If they ask him, who do you want your successor to be? I think. It's going to be Becky Hammond. She was offered she was offered a head coaching job at the University of Florida this past season, mm -hmm. and she didn't take it. Everyone was like, "Oh, Becky, this would be amazing for their women's basketball program." Yeah. Everyone was like, "This would be amazing for you. You can dominate in the field of women's college basketball." And we never heard anything else about it. They mm -hmm. hired another coach, and I was like, "She's coming for that spot. That mm -hmm. first, she's proven herself. Like I said, her her um, summer league success just." Being a very calculated player, everything Greg Popovich says about her is that she's very intelligent. Mm -hmm. She knows basketball. She knows plays. She knows spacing. She knows placement. She knows the how NBA players move versus college players. You know how you got to kind of let them have their, you know, their grown men. You got to let them. They're going to have some pushback. Things like she, he says she understands that. And I'm like, when you have all that together and the support of a Hall of Fame coach behind you, it's inevitable, and I think she's going to be – I don't see anybody else coming close to her. I think Nancy Lieberman is like a consultant for the Sacramento Kings. Kings. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think she's actually in an official coaching position. So for someone to just kind of move up off the – move from assistant to head, I'd definitely say Becky. Yeah, and you're right because you, – and you just touched on this. She's in the right system. Like yeah. all the places you can be – to kind of break down that barrier, San Antonio is a place, and they've kind of demonstrated why they're very progressive in that aspect. And that's if another team doesn't, you know, snatch, doesn't her, snatch up first. her first. Right. Yeah, right. Look, it's, good. it's definitely going to be interesting. We, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a lot of things to talk about. You know how we do in the third segment. It's always about music, entertainment, some of the crazy stuff going on in the world of sports. We'll talk more about that when we continue on Ain't Hard to Tell. Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto-magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. 
best new sports web series is here it's from backpack broadcasting and it's called the sports walk the sports walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society the entire first season is now available on backpack broadcasting's youtube channel and backpackbroadcasting.com see what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports watch all 13 episodes from season one and take the sports walk today All right, Brian is laughing before we Y'all even get back. And we're laughing in this continuation of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast <laughs> as we're joined by Princess Streeter of the W Podcast. Great podcast. You guys have to check that out. Uh, really great podcast talking about the WNBA, everything going on in sports. Ladies, support that. Men, more importantly, really support that. That's what I'm talking um, about. We really need that. But, you know, we got some serious topics. We talked a little bit about Cameron Newton and his ridiculousness. But there's always this crazy stuff going on in the world of sports. Guys, always somebody once a week does something that you're just like, what's going on? Once All a right? week. Yeah, maybe multiple <laughs> times a week, probably, right? We just called it at the right time. Well, I'm going to be completely honest here. I am not the biggest hockey guy here. I'm not the biggest hockey person. But uh, former NHL forward Jerry Hudler. <laughs> brought new meaning to the term sky high. <laughs> he was on a plane and he requested cocaine. Yes. He wanted to get high. And he cocaine tried to pee. A a drug. And he tried to pee on the food cart on the flight too. Yeah. And he tried so I mean I feel like he probably was already high. I, when you hear things like this, Princess, in the world of sports, and somebody is trying to get high on a plane, higher than they're already high. What what do you, I don't even know what to say. I don't know if there's anything to say to this. First of all, Hold on. showed up high. There was no <laughs> trying to get high. If do, you, do you care to have some more details to this? Throw some in there. Okay. <gasps> he did it in the bathroom. He was okay, high. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow down, slow down. So according to a report from Czech newspaper, the Delta Airlines flight staff on that trip has accused Hudler of having a belligerent outburst on the plane in which he demanded cocaine from a flight attendant. That flight attendant assumed Hudler's request for coke was in <laughs> reference to soda, but he allegedly further clarified that he was in the market for the white powder. This is from CBS Sports. Do we sugar, want more booger. details to that? Booger sugar. Let's see. He like, how, like how ridiculous are you that you have to clarify your desire for cocaine and then say, yo, I want some of that white powder. Just like, go like, and we'll know what you're talking yeah, about. Like, I don't do it, but you know what I'm saying. Just do y'all still call it booger sugar? I feel like back in the seventies is what they called it. I have no, I've heard that term from older people. I have never said that term in my life, and I hope we never say that on this program again. Uh-oh. I like it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. knocking you for saying, saying it. But oh, I hope we never that, that, that would have been, been better than asking for some of that white powder. I'm just saying that would be better. Okay. Uh, so apparently, yeah, he was accused of doing cocaine in the plane's bathroom and then attempting to urinate on a food court. It's very confusing why he wouldn't just pee in the bathroom if he was already there doing cocaine. But that's neither here nor there. I like this writer. Who wrote that? Uh, Pete Blackburn. Who I like covers hockey. Because that's so I like true. the story. Period. Why would you just? This is why hilarious. Would you just I, I, I think so. I wish somebody had video of this. Do that's you have? Do you have a wild airplane or party story? That I mean, I don't want to say nothing that's gonna top that. <laughs> I tell you that oh, much. guys, here's nothing the kicker: in 2015, Hudler won the NHL's Lady Bing Trophy, given to the player a judge to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship yes. and gentlemanly conduct. Combined Maybe with the he was just giving playing. everybody coke, so everybody was, was like, <laughs> coke in the league is like, yo, he's a great sportsman. Maybe that's why I he got, got that. There's always something at the end, but yes. I he, feel like coke is a big thing in hockey. Remember Aaron Andrews' voice? <laughs> Wait, wait, was like wait. big on coke? You yeah. missed the part where it says he accepted the award while shoeless. Oh, he was hiding too. <laughs> he was hiding, <laughs> he was hiding so. in a suit. Oh, he had on a suit and no shoe. Yeah. Sometimes you wait, got a lot is of there video? No shoes, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, All I right. think. You, yeah. He, he got it from Russell Peters. He's so wearing socks. Oh, yes. All of him. He has that. red socks. This is. This is not great audio for the people listening. Well, I mean, oh. yeah, because well, no, nobody can see it, but you can go check this video out yourself. CBSSports.com. Uh, he accepts CBS. the award. He has a full 
two three or three-piece piece suit. I want to say three just because it'd be funnier if it's a three-piece suit. And he has red dress socks on, and he's accepting the award. Hi. His face is not yeah. red, but he's blinking a lot. Cocaine he's is smiling. A he's smirking. I didn't know you could function on cocaine until I saw Wolf on Wall Street, where they were just like, they, <laughs> he would sn- he would hit the, the coke and then go start his and have like orange juice. Like Let's I didn't know start you start his day. Not sure if his means all on the time, but he was he was powering through. We are not by any means promoting. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I just didn't I just know. Want to be clear. That's like, how that could work. I thought like you 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 do cocaine, you got to sit down for a while and yeah, like. I don't adjust. know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know good. the effects of my body. We are not Me saying neither. that you should do what you saw on Wolf of Wall Street. He was very successful, but. I, then you saw a part where he, he couldn't drive his car, and that's all. If you didn't see the movie, you wouldn't. Know, oh, and he was so up. Yeah, yeah he, I've yeah. never even smoked he, weed. So. He definitely, like. he definitely, he definitely, he definitely was. So kids, we're not saying to do drugs at all. Word. What's what, what's all right? Next topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we got to move off of that. Yeah. We're, we're, we haven't explained ourselves too much. We're back to um, One of the other things we saw we saw this week that kind of got into a, a, a issue, if you want to say, of cultural appropriation was uh, Jeremy Lin. He's been he's rocking the, the dreads. He's got some with the fade, with the fade, That's with cold. the fade on the side. So Jeremy Lin has got Princess. You're shaking your head. Uh, Jeremy Lin, for people who don't know, uh, is Asian American basketball player. Uh, How had his Lin Sanity run with the New York Knicks. Now plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, one of their starting guards, and he's rocking the dress. Kenyon Martin, former Net, uh, great if you want to say. He's not feeling the dreads. Um, what, what was his quote, Brian? What was Kenny Martin's quote? To he was like, I appreciate, I appreciate he says, that I have dreads that you have. Yeah, so Kenny Martin said that. Kenny yes. Martin came and said, stop trying to be black. There's always obviously an issue, I think, sometimes within the black community where it's like somebody tries to take something that's from our culture and do it, and it's cultural appropriation. Is this a case of that? Is this problematic, Princess? Are you with Kenyon Martin on this? And what are your thoughts on Jeremy Lin rocking the dreads? It should be noted that Kenyon Martin also has Chinese tattoos on his uh, forearm or arm. That yes. was Jeremy Lin's. Yeah, that was Jeremy Even though Jeremy Lin is not Chinese, let's no, also be clear about that, too. from Taiwan. Taiwan, yes. yes. Oh, that got interesting because I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> basically, uh, I'm not with it. I'm not with, I think, uh, certain hairstyles that were created by, from Af- not even African Americans, from African roots, um, I think those are ex- should be left exclusively to African American people, people of the African diaspora, I'll say. And there's always that rebuttal, like, well, y'all putting white people hair in y'all head, and y'all dye y'all hair blonde and stuff. My reasoning for that is because the, most of the styles that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. braids, locks, um, I had cornrows certain styles. I would pay for pictures of that. High school. Ew. I had an afro. I I bet bet they weren't straight. Were they straight or were they crooked? Uh, oh, she coming at your neck right now. Like, they had to be crooked. crooked. There was, nah, I think there was. I mean, the part. Who was doing that? I'm not talking about the parts. My, my older sister. Oh. Okay, so we're going to get off topic, but who cares? Uh, no, well, we're coming back to Jeremy Lin. No, we're coming back. And we will have pictures of this later for people watching the video. We are going to, 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 I have to somehow find, get I have, pictures. I have to find pictures. I was 16. I started growing out my hair. Uh, is it curly or is it like a fro? No, it was a fro. Is it kinky? I a, okay. I had a fro. I played okay. basketball with it. I ran track with it. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just cannot picture him like that. Okay. I can't either, but this picture is This is my junior year of high school, right? So I had the afro. I wanted to get it braided. Got the cornrows three different times. During basketball season two, had a do-rag, had to keep it right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And... Um, yeah, so I used to rock with that. I grew out my hair for 366 days, and then I finally cut it. In the summer, it was like June, yeah, from May 31st, 2010 to June 1st, 2011. And yeah, then I got back to like whatever this is. Yeah, Actually, well, no, 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 I had a high top fade for a while. Or maybe people were like, whatever. Wow, you were experimenting. Yeah, so he, so he as, a, as a Puerto Rican man, he had the cornrows, but we're talking about Jeremy Lin as an Asian-American man rocking right. the dreads. Just to get back to your point, you were saying that you feel that some of these styles should uh, be for people of the diaspora. Right, because a lot of them have been... No, there are no pictures on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them have been... De- when they are worn on African Americans, they have been deemed unkempt, yes. dirty, unprofessional, um, 
basically those are kind of like the three points that you kind of get to with it. Then you get to a lot, that's a lot of why the Kardashians got, got flack or these high um, like catalog magazines catch flack because it's like, oh, so when you want to wear, or Katy Perry, when you want to wear purple braids, mm. you know, and now take that cool. from us, one, it's not, it's cool. And second of all, it's marketable. Like you make mm. millions off of that. Zendaya, who's half African-American, um, yep. she was, she apparently someone said she smelled like, mar- she smokes marijuana. And it's just like, there's so many, it's the narrative of it. It's like, and then I think black people just kind of look cuter with <laughs> locks and, and braids. There, there's actually more layers to this, and I know because yeah, I, definitely. Like, I like researched this and I wrote about it for Nets Daily. And basically, Jeremy Lin said in his piece for the Players Tribune, which he was talking about the hair, like he wanted to know, like is he offending anybody? He wanted to know from people like that, and he talked about it with his teammates, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Karis. Ronnie don't count. Ka- <laughs> Damn. See what he be wearing, like. <laughs> Damn. Karis Levert suggested what type of braids should he get. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson was like, I'll grow out my dreads with you, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, yeah, for see, his. This is not like a that's solidarity more, That's more that thing. unity stuff. This is not a solidarity. Like, oh, yeah, let's grow because these you're, Because you, an Asian American man, are growing your dreads out. I'm with you. I got your back. Nah, no, bro. Nah. Yeah, but he, and he's not even growing them out. Those are the Fetty Wap extension <laughs> dreads. I know he had that crazy mohawk, but it don't lock up like that. Yeah, but he, he I will say this. I will, not that I'm defending. I don't I don't give a damn about whatever. But he's just saying like. We do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> tell him two times. Nah, yeah, but he's just saying like. Basically, like he's approaching this, and he wrote to people like, "Yeah, let me know if I'm offending anybody, whatever." Like, I didn't see that because I showed a robot. Yeah, but well, here's the all thing. Here in the players, here's he the seems th- like the kind of dude like if he's being offensive, then he'll be like, "All right, I'll go back to wearing like." Whatever. Okay, but here's the thing, and I want Princess, you let me know if you were thinking about this too. Okay. In all his, and I, I Pablo Torre, I think also wrote a piece on this too. In all his uh, research, if you want to say, and going and talking to some black players in the league, his teammates, should he do this now? one of them was like nah son you might want you you might want to chill you might want to chill on that mm-hmm. like the best response he got was from Rondé Hollis Jefferson who I'd like to talk to about this you were like oh let's do this in unity together like now look I mean I, I don't know and I princess I'm going to go back to another thing you were talking about how sometimes the rebuttal will be from people were like oh well like well black people you've had to straighten your hair you've had to do these things for your hair and historically we know that with the hair straightening it was, was to conform to standards of white beauty right mm-hmm. and if you didn't do that you weren't going to get hired mm-hmm. you weren't going to get a job here because your hair was too kinky nappy uh, un- unkept as you said before mm-hmm. um is that a, is is that an excuse for people that are coming back with this rebuttal? Like like, what's your response to that? Definitely not. There's still so many layers that you have to peel back about slavery, about Jim Crow, about white supremacy. You know, when it comes to because if you go back to our roots, especially like I was saying this earlier to you guys, I was like, it's a lot tougher when it comes to cultural appropriation, when it comes to black women. Yeah. African women, their hair it can mean signs of like, you know, affluence yep. or power or like, it just mean it can mean so many different things. We pass that to our, our culture now, like I said, throughout the diaspora on so many different continents. And even when we don't think about it, like even sometimes with women, we could be tore up on the inside, but as long as as our hair looks fly we're gonna go out and conquer the day it's something just about hair and that just connectivity to our spirits that just runs very deep and so when throughout years past slavery and you have the minstrel shows that depict us in all types mm-hmm. of different ways or just crazy stereotypes throughout history that have made us and what we have naturally seen Un, unbeautiful, ugly, just not yeah. beautiful. Now for it to just come right back around, make a full circle, and not even, and it's not even that us. We're reclaiming it and getting the marketing and value for it, or we're getting we're getting the praise for it. It's a different culture that it gets to after hundreds of years of being slapped down for what we naturally have. Another culture gets to take that on, and all of a sudden it's beautiful, it's trendy, it's worth millions. Like that's insulting, and that's where culture. That's why you know black. Women women are just so 
we're just so bothered by cultural appropriate. Everybody's like, everybody, it's just the hairstyle. It doesn't matter. Anybody can wear braids. You know, it's more than just the hairstyle. One thing I'll say there, with you saying all that, and I completely agree with you and think you're 100% right, I'm also not surprised that the brothers here, the black men, mm -hmm. do not see that. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to grow our dreads together in exactly. unity. Yo, uh, Rodney Hollis Jefferson, <laughs> I like you, but nah. Nah. nah, bro. We we ain't linking arms and linking dreads. Nah. <laughs> but you know, you know what though? This actually, what you said, like they're taking it basically from your culture, and that also sounds like remember the whole thing about the N word, and it's like, oh, how come they could say it and we can't? And that whole thing. Right. Where white people were trying to be like, oh, when you guys say it in rap songs, it's offensive, but how come when we repeat the lyrics, or how come when we say it in our spare time, it's offensive? And it's just a matter of people not getting what not even what it means but just not understanding culture mm -hmm. yeah and, 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 and sometimes some things in culture is not for you and i'm okay with saying that yeah. i'm fine mm -hmm. with that yeah and that's and fine the culture my, ain't for everybody i'm not trying it's to take something from somebody else's culture it's, it's not. not what i'm here for and let's right. be and let's be also let's be real let's be real about like what culture is because we know like if people are talking about culture they're obviously talking about black culture and if white people are talking about it they're usually talking about taking things from black culture because they're not talking about their own they're right. never talking about that, right or mm -hmm. just about ever so there's also that there's also another wrinkle to this Jeremy Lin thing for what it's worth where he talked about like he had he had conversations with let's see Rondé D'Lo Karis LeVert somebody who's an African-American on the Nets staff named Savannah Hart talked about the process how he was really unsure about getting dreads because he was worried about appropriating uh, black culture she said if it wasn't his attention she said that if it was intention to be dismissive of another culture, Jeremy says, then it may be an opportunity to learn about that culture. To that, you say what? No. Wearing, <laughs> no. I like that so much. She was like, nah. No. Changing your hairstyle does not teach you anything. I mean, it can, it can give people the insight of what all we go through to, you know, grow our hair, maintain our hair. Like, a lot of people don't know. How long do you think, so if I got braids in my hair, how long do you think that could take to do? Oh, I takes hours, doesn't it? How yeah. many? How long do you think it's taking? I mean, I've, 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 I've literally watched it, so okay, I know. So from what my friends have told me when they've got their hair done, uh, usually it takes like an entire afternoon, just about. Like, mm. like More. Four, 11 six hours. hours. 11 hours. hours. I've seen 10, 11, 12 hours. I've seen it. I've seen six, eight, four, six, eight, yeah. Yeah, 11 hours. Like, is that? Basically an entire afternoon. So, but even Jeremy Lin, like, you don't, you don't know that like and that doesn't you putting fake dreads in your head does not teach you that or everything that i just said about our cultural roots how important it is to us about spirituality in here and and freedom and and all that kind of all that kind of essence of being a woman or all that essence of being black like you don't learn any of that just right. by changing your hairstyle so would that be a lot of people don't, yeah, a lot of people don't seek to learn that. They're just like, oh, that's such a cool hairstyle. I love that. I wish my hair could do that. Oh, it can in some regard? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do it. It's not even about figuring out the history or, or the people that it affects. So with that being said, are you surprised at the lack of pushback from the people he worked with? I think they're corny for that. Like, I just, uh, I, it's corny. Like, it's like... Y'all have black mamas, I know y'all have black sisters, mm -hmm. I know y'all have black cousins, and even then you mm -hmm. are black. So even if you haven't done enough research to learn more about yourself and where you come from, I think that makes you very corny. And that in itself is ignorance. And I feel like if you don't, if you tell a guy who's not of your culture, who wants to appropriate, if you're like, hey bro, go for it. Nobody's really gonna care. You've always rocked crazy styles. You rocked a man bun and a mohawk and a, you know, this is just another, another phase for you. That's the problem. When they take our hairstyles and use it as just a phase or just a little bit of attention grabbing, mm -hmm. that's the problem. But when you like, that's cool, it's just a phase, it's no big deal. You'll have another style in another two weeks. I'm not. You're part of the problem, you're corny. Yeah, I agree, and I'm not surprised. Again, I'm not surprised at black men dropping the ball here. They're the worst in, team in, in the NBA. NBA. I'm, I'm, not I'm not surprised. <laughs> but you know, I mean, Jeremy Lin, I think if he really had talked to maybe a more diverse group of black people among this, he might have got some different perspectives and maybe seen some of the things Princess is saying. And you know what's crazy? The mm. the I think the woman, Savannah, that he worked with his colleague or whatever, works with the staff, I think 
that conversation that he had with her was a lot farther than what the guys told him. They were like, okay, whatever, I'll grow my dreads out with you. But even Savannah was like, well, maybe it'll give you a chance to learn. From that, he should have took another conversation with another black woman and said, okay, the black women are giving me the information here and something to actually process. Great. Let me build upon that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. the guys are just going to co-sign. They don't care. Hair to them is like they get a haircut every two weeks. For us, it's a lot more upkeep. It's a lot more It's a lot more rooted in divinity and who we are and things like that. So he should have took that conversation that he had with that first black woman mm. and prompted another one. I agree. Especially, and the good point she makes is black hair care for women is different than for men, mm -hmm. especially also uh, black women who are rocking their hair in their natural state as opposed to women who are adding chemicals or other things like that. Mm -hmm. If I if I think about who I think Jeremy Lean talked to, I do believe that sister's a natural uh, hair rocking sister. I think I know who it is, and she is a natural hair rocking sister. I don't know too many others that work with the Nets, mm -hmm. so not sure they would have gave the same perspective, but yeah. that is... That is what it's, what it's worth. We didn't get to some other stuff we wanted to talk to, but we're out of time on the Ain't Hard Sell podcast. We want to thank Princess, the first woman to ever be on the Ain't Hard Sell podcast. That's right, guys. Thanks, guys. We do not call women females. That's not the thing. <laughs> don't do Cam Newton. Don't be like Cam Newton this week or anything beyond and tell your young men, especially not to use that. You're going to show a lot of respect to the first woman here on this podcast. She is one of the co-hosts of the W Podcast, which you can find on iTunes, on SoundCloud. You can follow Princess uh, with the great work she does. She's also in D.C. doing her thing. Um, and we hope to have you back again. Yes. You want to come back? back? Yes. Everybody's cool. You guys are cool. Production team is cool. I love what you guys are doing. Like, thank you. I love it. I'm so big on people just taking their own avenues. Like, and I can definitely see you guys going so far. I'm so proud of you guys. Like, I'm I'm a big backpack broadcasting supporter even before I knew who you guys were. I'm just thank you. That's always look at him right, smile from ear to ear. I got you guys. I got you guys. He was he was really. And you know what's funny? I will say before we wrap up, we every episode we always have to find found a way to talk about his favorite rapper Freddie Gibbs oh. and until now I hadn't mentioned it but now I got it in before the end so no, but, you're looking but, at me like yo I don't even know if yo, you're Freddie watching Gibbs YouTube though you can see the sticker so uh, it, see, you know what I'm saying in it's some there. way in some way the black there. Jesus thing did kind of creep me out though but I, I, I explained it to you she's still not feeling it for like, those of you who nah, nah, no because that was a long story <laughs> princess we don't know when you when you come back we don't know if Jeremy yeah. Lin will still have dreads hopefully, or hopefully and hopefully I don't get towed next time I come back to New uh, we, we don't, we don't want that either. Or we might take this to DC. This yeah. is a remote setup. Yeah, we we, we, we we might we might have to come. We have to get the whole W podcast team with the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Okay, Ooh. a little crossover. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like yeah. I think I think we should get that done. Yeah. But uh, another great episode. We want to thank you for being here. We hope the rest of your thank time you in guys. New York is good and your car does not get impounded. Uh, <laughs> special thanks to our entire crew here today. Uh, for producer Matthew Feniza, assistant produ producer Matthew Panico, Brandon Gordon filling in uh, today as director of photography. And we have a uh, friend of the program, Jeff Armstrong, just chilling here today. He just he just comes to watch. He, <laughs> just, he snapped some pictures. Oh, he just took some pictures, too. You know what? He took some pictures, too. Yo, Prince is looking out. I'm about to leave him out. That's yeah. You can't be leaving people he out acting like, like you just slacking. You yeah, came yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't, I can't put him out, but another great job by the whole crew. We've done a great job uh, through the five episodes, so we definitely want to thank them. Uh, we have more great things coming up on A Here and Talk Talk podcast. Uh, for Brian Fonseca, Princess Streeter, I'm Dexter Henry. Till next time.